What's up, guys? It's Mickey, and welcome back to another episode of Blank Canvas. All right. So you already know it's college football season, so I want to start with talking about college football. First thing is, in last week's episode, I discussed how I expected us to be blown out so bad by LSU, but my Auburn Tigers came through and they surprised me a little bit, which they surprised me in every area. This is what it looks like when we have one quarterback that's able to play the whole game. My defense stepped up and they showed some SEC pride as they should. And they looked beautiful. Now we still struggled with coming out of the second half and not being able to score any points or the amount of points that we're able to score against uh, power five opponents is trash. It's terrible and it's not going to do. So I definitely still want my coach fired and out of there. And again, I don't really feel too bad because I do feel bad if he has younger children and he has to uproot them from school or something. But other than that, not too much because he's walking away with 15 million. So yeah, I would love to go to a job, get fired and walk away with 15 million. That's just me. Um, But overall, the game was enjoyable. Like, I wasn't miserable the whole entire game. I had already mentally prepared myself to be blown out so bad that I was going to be laughing at how terrible we were. But we started off really strong. We just couldn't finish strong. And that is not going to win in any conference, let alone the SEC. So there's that. What I look forward to in this Georgia game this week is hopefully we show some momentum. Do I think that we'll beat Georgia? Absolutely not. I don't think we have the right pieces in play we need a better o-line um I was even my defense was beautiful but I was even surprised at some of the balls that my wide receivers were catching I haven't seen Auburn wide receivers be able to catch balls it seems like in so many years because I kept seeing so many interceptions from different quarterbacks or so many drops from my wide receivers it is so nice that they caught some balls and that they actually counted and um shout out to my wide receivers shout out to the Auburn Tigers they did much better than I thought there's still so much work that needs to be done. This is still highly unacceptable. <laughs> and I feel like we're further away from the natty than we ever were with Gus. So I'm ready for them to clean house, make the changes. Um, we're not going to be another Texas A&M thinking you have all these. We're not even another Texas A&M for the simple fact of because Texas A&M has some top elite players, not to discredit my Auburn Tigers because we have some really good players too, but it goes to show you can have top elite players. And if you don't know how to coach them or hone in that talent, you're wasting their years, their time. And I just, it's a lot. So yeah, but the Georgia game, hopefully they give me a little bit of something, a little bit of something. So I'm not suffering throughout the whole game, but I do expect Georgia to win. And I think this is just going to be an ugly finish for the Auburn Tigers, but I'm ready for this season to be over with. I think LSU will be a dark horse and a surprise. I don't know. Let's see if they can maintain this energy. They're coming off a momentum. They will play Tennessee this week. Tennessee is looking good. I'm happy for Tennessee, you know, because they were on the come up and then all the scandalous things that were happening, but behind the scenes, but I am very happy for Tennessee. I love it. Um, do I think they're going to beat out Georgia and like take over the East? No, but I'm glad that they're doing well with what they are right now. And if people really took the time to examine their schedule, their schedule is even harder than Bama's. So I am, I'm happy for Tennessee, but I am going for the LSU Tigers versus Tennessee. So hopefully LSU gets a dub over Tennessee. Sorry, Tennessee. Um, Nothing personal, but yeah. 
And some more exciting news is I got my Pastor Darius Daniels book, Your Purpose is Calling. We talked about that on the Ask Me Anything Babe question about a book that I was excited to read and get. I have it. It is here. And let me tell you, it is hard to find in the stores. It is hard. I went to a Books A Million and it was only one copy left. And I'm it was more expensive. I found it cheaper somewhere else online. <laughs> Not that I have a problem paying for PD because PD's wisdom will bless me throughout my whole entire lifetime. But let's be for real. Your girl is trying to make her money stretch. So I needed to be blessed at a cheaper price. <laughs> but the books a million I went to, it was the very last copy. Pastor Michael Todd from Transformation Church, he was going around showing that he was going to different bookstores. I think he was at Barnes and Noble in his video. I could be wrong. And it was only one copy left of PD's Your Purpose is Calling book. It is being picked up and sold out everywhere. So if you want a copy, go grab a copy. I think we all should get it. I'm going to drop some gems from the book or some lessons that I've learned. I won't say too, too much so you guys can still go out and buy it. Um, I'm highly blessed by him. I hope you guys go out and get his book and we all learn how to manage finding our purpose or maintaining our purpose a little bit better. But yeah, so excited. Yay. All right, so the next topic that I want to discuss, I have to play this clip first, and it's from Pastor Keon. If I'm saying his name wrong, I do apologize, but let me play the clip so it'll give context to the topic that we're about to talk about. I think, and I've learned this, one of the things that causes a woman to lock the keys to her heart, and I know infidelity will do it. Yes, sir. Um, I know that um, not feeling safe will do it. Yes, sir. Um, I know that her not being able to trust you will do yes, it. Sir. You know, you say one thing and do another thing. All of those things do. But I think that one of the biggest doors to a woman's heart that has the most complicated lock of which only a single key can open is she is very, very apt not to respond to harshness. That that she can forgive you um, for doing a myriad of different things. But if you are consistently harsh to a woman, yeah. I think that that locks a door that not even she knows yeah. how to always unravel and unlock. Wow. Have you ever had an wow. instance wow. where you were harsher than you needed to be? Yeah. And you wanted, and this is men because we want this, we can be harsh today and expect that moments after the harshness she should be fine we're moving on and we're going on but that harshness sticks with her um because the bible says in colossians 3 and 19 it says husbands love your wives think and i've learned okay so that was the clip and what i want to focus on is what he said is about how we as women when we're talking too harsh i'm trying to think from i feel like if it's it also depends on your personality type. Like some people like confrontation or I'm not even going to say, yes, some people do like confrontation. They enjoy it. They go looking for it. Then there are others who don't mind having to deal with confrontation. They're not afraid of it. They won't back down from it, but it's not their preference. And then there are some people who even if, you know, they are right to confront something, they just don't like confrontation and they rather avoid it. All is fine, except for if you're going out and starting trouble. That's not okay. <laughs> 
Um, but the thought of it being broken down like that of men, when they talk to us, there's a certain level of harshness and we hold on to it and it were, it's not so easily brushed off as it is for men. And it got me thinking of a million different questions. Like, is it easy? Is it more easily brushed off for men? Because men are used to other men talking to them aggressive. And sometimes even women like man up, don't show emotions or you should do this. You should do that. Like harshness is put in them. Right. And so I was thinking like, if this level of harshness is put in them, why are we so surprised when that harshness is spit back out towards us or towards the world? That was what was put in them. Men aren't taught to quote unquote, be soft. You know, soft has such a negative connotation, but I don't even think like soft as if to take away from your masculinity, but can you show empathy? Can you show your other emotions? Can you use your words in a kind way? When we were in school, depending on the school, <laughs> most of us were taught in the early stages, be kind to one another, share, blah, blah, blah. And it's like we get older, the world is harsher to us. Our eyes are open to the reality. A lot of us are burst out of our bubbles. And then we realize like, oh shit, people are mean. I mean, of course, that's trauma and hurt and all that kind of stuff, but people are mean and our our feelings are still hurt and it doesn't stop because we're in adulthood and we have different ways of coping with dealing with the pain, whether in a healthy way or unhealthy way to try to prevent us from having to feel that um, pain of, oh, this hurt my feelings so often. But I, it just, it made me think, it got my brain tweaking and wondering, why do we expect them to not be harsh back? if we put harshness in them. So I think as a society, we should, whether it's male or female, I think we should do a better job at teaching our men emotional intelligence, teaching our men how to be more empathetic because we teach them to be rah, 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 hard, hard, hard. To, and I understand how, depending on the race you are, sometimes it's needed. Like this world will spit you up and eat you out alive if you don't get this and that. But I wish we could find a balance. Have that lion roar when you need it, but then be tame when you need to be as well, right? Like, let's be wise with our roar. And we teach them young to be full of aggressiveness or, and I'm not saying this is everybody, but if they were taught young to be full of aggressiveness and anger and you could you can express anger freely. I have no problem. I have no judgment with that, but I dare you to shed a tear. What are you crying about? A lot of our parents, what was the thing that they told us? I'll give you something to cry about. That's something I, I never understood. Isn't that messed up? I'm already upset. I'm getting ready to, my body, whether my brain has fully accepted the fact that I'm upset or whether my ego is going to allow me to admit that I'm upset, then your parent looks at you. My body is already going to have an emotional reaction for me. And then your parent looks at you and be like, oh, don't cry. You wouldn't cry when you were doing that. Obviously. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm getting in trouble. Or um, don't cry. I'll give you something to cry about. So I'm already upset. You want to bring more pain to me? I don't get that. <laughs> I've never gotten that. I don't get that. Sometimes I wish we as people, because I, I know I have these moments too. If we hear what we tell other people, sometimes we just need to pause, 
and repeat what we're about to say to someone else back to ourselves and see if we like the feeling or see if it makes sense. And just because it's something that's said in certain communities or passed down, that don't mean we need to keep passing it down. Some shit, let's cut the cord. Cut the cord. But back to the tip of more of what he was talking about with women, I think that is very true. Growing up in a household where I saw physical violence and there was a lot of verbal abuse and there was no, I mean, everybody was fair game. Nobody was spared. But, you know, in movies or if I went to friends' house, their dads talked to them like, nicely and calmly like you're my baby girl I love you blah 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 and like it was genuine and like if they did something it was like going to the mom and be like you know babe she didn't you know necessarily mean it like the protection that dads give their girls is the kind of protection that moms give their sons you know what I mean and it may not be the case for in everybody, but I've definitely seen it with my own eyes. It's 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 a difference. It's a difference. Not to say that your mom won't protect you girls. They do in their own instance, but it's it's more so with the dads give their daughters in a way. And I had this experience where I was so because not even just growing up in my household, but I had male friends that would sometimes talk to me rough, but it was my norm. You know, I'm like, oh, that happens in my house. So what's, what was really in my brain to say, this isn't normal. This isn't okay. You would think that I would have the common sense knowledge of the basic rules that we're taught, you know, when we're younger by our parents and by the schools to be nice, say kind words or whatever. But then we all go home and we have different experiences or we have different life experiences and we have different friend groups. And I had male friends in the past that if they were upset, they talk to me kind of rough or they say slick things. And because I had a slick mouth, I didn't even acknowledge like, oh, we're not supposed to say this to each other. We're not. That's not how you talk to somebody you love. You you definitely shouldn't talk to anybody like that. But even more emphasis on why are you so aggressive and so harsh with somebody you love, somebody in your corner, somebody on your team, even if it's a disagreement or a misunderstanding. But that had become my norm in all areas of my life. So even when it came to friends, I did not question it. I didn't question it at all. And then I had a friend got into a disagreement with and um, so calmly, (laughs) so calmly talked to me, was so chill about it. And I mean, it, it was, to me, it was a very serious topic, but the level of calmness, the level of peace, the level of respect, the level of love and compassion in a moment that could have been really ugly, in a moment that could have been coming from a place of extreme ego. I literally, if you guys could feel the way my insides feel, I literally have chills because it was such a night and day experience of what I had become accustomed to. It's like, I didn't even realize subconsciously, I almost just expected men to talk to women harshly, no matter the race, no matter their age, no matter your relationship to them. I just came to expect it. Like if a man was to talk to a woman harshly, it was like, oh, okay, I'm I'm used to it. And so to have a friend who did not, and for it to also be like, it was the test on top of a test. Like everybody can talk to you nicely when it's a friend. Okay. Everybody can talk to you nicely when, um, when maybe it's something not that serious, it was a serious topic. 
everything checked the box. And it was the most life-changing experience that I've had because it opened my eyes to what I had subconsciously become so accustomed to that had God not put that moment in my life, I absolutely would accept it now. And in future instances, I would marry a man who probably did it. Or if my husband did it in the future, I wouldn't think twice about it. We'd pass that on to our children. I would accept that in the workplace. I would accept that from other friends. And I'm just so grateful for that moment because God just showed me this is, it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. I never intended it to be this way. And just because you've been exposed to it doesn't mean it has to stay this way for you. Expose yourself to something new. Expose yourself to something better. Forgive the people who did it because maybe that's all they were exposed to. And maybe that's what they kept seeing pattern after pattern after pattern after pattern. And sometimes we just don't know better if we don't, we haven't experienced it. So I'm very, very grateful that I was able to experience it. I'm very, very grateful to that friend. And that's definitely a major, just life-changing moment that I will never forget because I was blind to how accustomed I had gotten to harsh words coming towards me from people in general, but especially men and the life-changing decisions that I could have made based off of that being my reality is scary to think about. The people that I could have chosen to be in my life, whether romantically or not, is scary to think about it. The level of trauma I could have passed on to my children or speak to them in the same way that I was spoken to. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That, thoughts like that are like, holy shit. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. It's a kind of... It's a, it's really an unexplainable feeling. I have no words. I'm just very grateful for the moment, very grateful for that friend. And that's what that video reminded me of. And I thought he said it so eloquently and so beautifully. So women, if we are being talked to really harsh by the men in our lives, let's try to talk to them, you know, try to understand where they learned it from. Because I think there's also a gap, like, Let's applaud the people who came from homes or had experiences in life that was like trauma filled and they work hard not to pass their trauma on no matter the kind of trauma it is. But we should really I'm going to do it. I I don't care if anybody else is going to do it. I applaud you guys. I really do, because trauma is not easy to come over. It's a it's it's pain is a place that is so easy to stay in that people don't talk about because you stay in pain too long, you start to feel justified for the mistreatment that you give to others. You start to feel justified for playing victim. You start to feel justified for, but they did this to me. So these evil thoughts that I have against them, it's valid. It's fair. And I'm not to say that your feelings aren't valid. The way they made you feel is the way they made you feel. Those are valid. But how long are we going to stay there? When are we going to implement the fruits of the spirit? When are we going to extend forgiveness and grace the same way God extends to us? At some point, we got to move on from it because whether the other person does or does not, it's holding us hostage. We're still in that place. We're still in that moment. We're still in that time. And they're out there living their best lives. (laughs) Most of the time, people could care less. 
There are certain people who I may have heard in my life and they probably were holding on to it for dear life. And I could care less. I, I didn't care about their pain that they were going through. I did not care. Still don't. You know what I mean? Now, coming to a place of maturity, I try to acknowledge where I hurt people and own it. Accountability always. But even in those moments of having accountability back in the day, I can't say that I cared that they felt pain. And that, of course, that's not for everybody, but there were certain people that got hit in the crossfire and it was just like, hmm, well, all right. You know, like them being mad at me wasn't going to stop me from living my life. Does that make sense? So if women you are out there and you're experiencing it, I just say try to talk to them. Definitely pray on it. See why and where it triggers you in your life. See where they learned it and see if they're willing to change. And if they're willing to change, give them the grace and work with them to the best of your ability. And if you know that you're limited at a capacity or you've reached your limit, that's okay too. Honor your honor yourself and wish them the best, but honor yourself and protect yourself because there are people that will talk to you nicely. There are people that will love you no matter if there's an issue. It's not conditional love. And it's not to say that even the people who talk to you kindly and nicely won't mess up. They will. They're human. They'll have their moments. But more often than not, they will be good. They will be gentle. They will be kind. They will think before they speak. And that is a blessing, especially in the kind of world that we live in today. All right. The next thing that I want to touch on, I know in, um, I think it was last week's episode, I touched on how people are usually jealous of the way that I love my friends, but then it got me thinking about other relationships in my life. And people have also been jealous of the way that I stand up for certain family members. And it hit me like the same kind of realization that I had about the friend thing is kind of the same realization that I have when I stick up for certain family members. Those family members that are criticizing it and that are mad for it, I think they just long for it in their lives. That's all. Like they wish they had somebody that loved them like that or that would come to bat for them or that would just support them in their right or wrong. And I think, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think we as human, we all want that. We all want that, but we can't force that from people who just aren't willing to give it to us. And it made me think about, you know, because I would question certain things like, am I not supposed to show up for a force for my people? And the fact that I would even have to question that sounds like crazy to even hear it come out of my mouth. Like, that's crazy that I really did question that. But I did. I did. Should I not show up for them fully? Or should I just sit and watch and you know, turn my cheek to the pain and everything that they were going through. And I just, no, I will never apologize for showing up my, showing up for my people the way that I do. And I am grateful. There are a lot of people, whether past or present, who have come to me and be like, girl, you're a rider. And I'm grateful for the times that you have rode with me or that ride with me and will ride with me in the future because it's a necessity. It's a necessity. We all need our riders. We all need our riders. And it's about finding the right people who are willing to ride. And I don't mean ride or die like for like stupid stuff and the way they mean it in the quote unquote romantic sense. I mean just your people who will be honest with you, who will love you, who will support you, who want you to be better, who will push you into your God given purpose and just want to see you just 
be a vessel on this earth to shine God's light, you know, help you bring a little bit of heaven down to earth and just be better people, make the world a little better. Even if you don't believe in God, just make this world a little better. And it's not always about doing things. Sometimes it's just about being a good person to one another. And we're not always going to feel like doing that. So in those moments when we don't, my advice, this is what I do. I try to just take myself away from the people or the situation. So I'm not in a place where I want to consistently just spew out hate or negativity towards them because then that'll become my main source and it doesn't need to be. My main thing needs to be the fruits of the spirit. So I just wanted to connect the dots with that. That was a revelation I was having. And my point of that is to be careful about listening to the critiques of your personality. PD, Pastor Darius Daniels from Change Church, he explains this so, so well on in multiple different sermons, and he preached on it recently. Um, and as he explains, not the toxic things or the harmful actions or behaviors, of course, like those things got to go for all of us. But be careful to make sure that they don't strip you of specific um personality traits that you need to fulfill your destiny and he preaches on this so beautifully I have a clip I'm gonna play it he's gonna break it down and it's gonna explain what I mean when I talk about uniqueness you got something called unique design David said I've been fearfully and wonderfully made I put it this way your personality I'm not talking about dysfunction but your personality is a part of your purpose God told Jeremiah before I formed you in the mother's womb I knew you your parents made you but I formed you after your parents did the act to conceive you they lost all control everything else was me your strengths was me did you hear what I just said? Yeah, the timing you were brought into this earth was me. Your ability was me. Your interest was me. I designed you uniquely and I made your personality a part of your purpose. And when you do not know that, you will start changing your personality to accommodate people who are not aware of your purpose. Peter was impulsive, he was unpredictable, and he was temperamental. And it took that kind of personality to have the courage to get out of the boat. If he was judicious and calculated and had analysis paralysis, that personality wouldn't get out of the boat. Stop apologizing for how God made you. And this is what I learned. A lot of people that keep telling you what's wrong with you are just people that are wrong for you. Now, I don't let anybody tell me I'm too nothing. There's you two, I'm too nothing. We just don't fit. But God's got somebody that will appreciate who I am. Okay, so I don't think I could have said it any better than the way PD broke it down. He said it so beautifully and so magically and so eloquently. That man is so anointed. But that's something that I do remind people in my inner circle all the time is, you know, if people saying you're too much to this, to that, they just can't see the greatness in you and surround yourself with the people who can. I can't see the greatness in everybody. I cannot. There are some people, another person can come up and see 10 million things that I could never see and I could spend a lifetime with them. You understand? Like we all have our people and we're lucky if we're blessed with two or three 
as Pastor T.D. Jakes would say, we're confidants. We're blessed if we have two or three. You're a blessed person. So don't think we're going to have a whole army of them. It's just not that way. And it's just, it's not designed that way. It's not to say you can't get along with a bunch of them. You absolutely can get along, but there's only a few who will really get you for you, who really support you for you in all areas and all avenues in your life, and who will help you fulfill your God-given purpose here on this earth. So you have to be very particular and very careful about the people we allow in our lives and just the people we allow to like speak to us and give us advice. And it's not always just give advice, but just the way they be like, oh, you're this, you're that. And you don't see yourself that way, but they continuously tell you that. You may take it to heart because that's somebody you respect and love. Be careful of people's intentions. Check your circle. Always check your circle. And, you know, don't let people strip you of the things that you need because they don't know your purpose. PD touches on that. Like, you know, they might tell you, you don't need to be this way. Or I can't believe you responded this way. Or that's too much. I wouldn't have done that. You're right. You're not me. I'm not you. You wouldn't have done that. But I would. And I did. So that's just is what it is. And don't let them strip parts of you that you will need to fulfill your purpose. Isn't that crazy? Like God already gave you everything you need. And then we're in a world where we're looking for consistent validation from other human beings who didn't make themselves and who didn't give them their purpose that they were created. And from a society who changes on like the wind blows from east to west. Like, honestly, the one who we need true validation from already gave us everything we need. Yet we take out parts or we remix it to something he never intended it to be and then we get mad when all the pieces of the puzzle don't fix like god why is this not working or god how dare you make me this way but god said i knew what you needed before i formed you i knew what your life would be like before you even got here your parents don't even have any idea you know even for the ones that think they do your parents have no idea i know why i called you here on earth i wouldn't have put you here if i didn't need you here Okay, so we have to be very, very careful. And again, I just want to point out that constructive critique is okay. Just check the sources and the intentions because we're not perfect people. There are parts that we need to work on ourselves and it's important for us to work on them so we can be the best versions of ourselves and pour into people out of the best of us and not the worst of us. But even if it's a person you love, don't let them change parts of you. You'll need these things when it's time to fight the battles and be ready for war. Like I said, God sees all. He he sees all and we can't. He knows what's coming. He knows how the things in the past work together for the good. So we just have to trust him and let him do him and be grateful for the gifts and the tools that he's given us. And I have an example of this. I have a friend that is very friendly. And sometimes it can be so annoying, especially to my introverted self. It can be so annoying. Everybody needs their attention all the time and love. So many people literally will talk this person's ear off because they give such great advice. And I am definitely one of them that will talk their ear off at times. And I remember, because I talked to God about everything, everything. And I remember God speaking to me one day about this person and this gift. And telling me that it was a gift that I gave them. And their ability to connect with people, no matter the age, the race, or gender. And that changed my whole outlook. I no longer saw it as, oh, this is annoying. Not to say that it might not get on my nerves, depending on the situation or depending on who's trying to abuse it. But, 
overall, it's not like a, why are you this way anymore? It's like, a mm, okay, God put that in you. We need this here on this earth. God put that in you. There's a reason. Whatever you're supposed to be doing in this life, whatever the multiple different facets and levels and people you're going to encounter, your personality is needed. Needed. And don't lose it. Please never lose it. So it changed my whole outlook when I was praying to God. And he revealed that to me, that their personality, and I mean, I guess you could say that about everybody's personality, but this specific person and their ability to connect with people, it's it's more than just a normal human level. Like it's really something special and it's a gift. And God revealed to me that it was a gift. So that changed my whole outlook on that. And then, like I said, instead of seeing it as annoying, I started seeing it as, oh, we need this in the world that we lived in. And I did tell them, I told them never change, no matter what I say <laughs> or what anybody says, just use it out of wisdom and don't abuse it. Cause we all can abuse our gifts if we're not careful, or we all can mishandle or misuse our gifts. If we're moving out of, um, if we're not moving in wisdom. So a gentle reminder to my BK fam, look at your personality and the traits that make you, you. Pray on what's good, what's best, what needs to be gotten rid of completely, or things that can be used but tweaked to still go after your purpose. All of this is just from the insight that I picked up over the years and hearing some of my favorite pastors speak on it and also reading the Bible more and taking a deeper look into each person. And I thought like, yes, the Bible is full of stories, but these are real people's lives and testimonies that that helped me gain more empathy and insight in the feeling of inclusiveness. They were there, you know, there were people back in the day struggling with some of the things that we still struggle with in this world to this day. And the Bible is a good place that can help you feel seen. It also makes me feel very grateful because some of the tests of faith that they went through back then, I wonder if my faith would have been strong enough to pass them. Like, seriously, could did I or would I have had the enough strength in my faith to to uh, leave Egypt? You know, like I may want to get out bad, but would I have been one of the ones in the wilderness complaining? Like, you know what? Take me back to slavery because this having faith, stepping out on this, pardon the Red Seas, okay. Oh, it's going to rain a little bit of rain. It hasn't rained in how long you're building an ark for what? It's not just rain. It's going to flood. Okay. Blow these trumpets. Watch the walls come down. Obey my commands. Yeah. Okay. Really trusting the plans that he has for me. Like they had some real, some real like faith tests, like being thrown into the fire and still not worshiping the God that the king wants you to worship, following the rules and saying, I'm only going to worship Jesus Christ. What? What? Having family members try to kill you, having Potiphar's wife try to lie on you after you didn't want to, you know, have sex with her. And so she lied and said you tried to rape her and you still have to believe in this God and you've already had multiple trials and tests in your life and you still have to believe the dream and the vision that God gave you. Like what? Could I have survived some of the tests that they had back in the day? I don't know. I don't know. I will say I am grateful that I was born in the time that I was born into because when I look at my life and I think about how many times I wanted and needed God to extend his grace and mercy to me and I need it daily because I still question 
the plans that he has for my life. Even the things that he's shown me, I still be like, are you sure? Me? Or, okay, it's been some time. Is it really going to come up? Or I see other people's doing this. And I know I'm not supposed to copy their format because I'm supposed to be here for a long time, not just for a good time. Okay, oh God, well, what if you change the plans and I'm here for a short time? Am I really being impactful? Like, I have these questions daily. <laughs> daily. And... Another thing that I am so grateful and a reason that I'm grateful for being born in this time is I have access to the Holy Spirit on a daily. And think about people back then who didn't have it unless it was like a special occasion, a special impartation. Jesus had to die to bless us with that. He couldn't be everywhere at once. And now he is. And I'm grateful to have access to the Holy Spirit. He that is in me is greater than he that is in this world. And that's a constant reminder I need. And even with all the tools at my disposal, um, I still have questions daily, like I said. And even with the pastors that I listen to being filled with their knowledge and anointing, I still pause at times and think, mm, question about this, or mm, do I fully agree with this? Or mm, I may not be seeing it the way they say it, you know? So I'm grateful that God put me in this time and not back then. He knew what I could handle. And shout out to all the generations that came before me who had less in some areas and still had a mighty faith. And that is just so truly expiring to me. All right, party people. It's one of my new favorite segments that we have besides dropping gems, of course. And I am going to answer some questions. Remember to send them to me. You can leave them through the Anchor app. I always leave the link that'll take you to my direct website, or you can leave me questions through the blank canvas um, official IG page. So yeah, first question. Oh, remember, I'm not a therapist, not a doctor. I'm not anything professional. I am myself using my own insight and wisdom or the lessons that I've learned from others. Take this advice at your own risk. And I am going to do the best of my ability to help. And if I can't, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, first question I got this week says, and I will leave you anonymous unless you make specific that you want to be um, outed. Okay. So first question, they said, Hey, Mickey. So I proposed to my girlfriend of six years. She had been begging me to do it. Finally, I did. And she said no because she hates the ring. Am I wrong to want to break up with her? Whoa there. Whoa there. This is this is a lot to unpack. And again, I'm not a relationship thing. Is there a reason why six years you guys dated? for so long? Is there a reason? I'm curious to that. I would ask myself that. Um but on the more on the problem that we can kind of fix now, am I wrong to want to break up with her? I think you're in your emotions and you feel some type of way. So completely understandable. But this can be fixed. If you guys really love each other, I mean, you guys have been dating for six years. You, are you guys really going to throw away six years over not liking a ring? That's a little crazy. If that's the case, y'all probably was just on cruise control, not really want to be with each other 100% anyways, and was kind of like, any sign like oh I'm out this is it I'm out kind of thing right also I would also ask yourself did you only propose because you felt pressured because if you're not ready you shouldn't be going through with this anyways I don't care how much it hurts her you will hurt her more by going through something you're not ready for than actually being ready and have the tools to handle uh the responsibility of the blessing because even if something is a blessing in our lives it comes with work and it comes with responsibility. And if we mishandle it, it 
becomes trauma and a curse. So I would also ask myself that and just take her to the ring shop. I heard this guy say, um, it doesn't always have to be the guy I have to picking out the ring now if your woman wants to be surprised I this also goes back to know your woman because women drop hints on the kind of rings that they like all the time they also have friends or parents or other family members who may know the kind of ring that they want or the friends and stuff can like ask and pry and kind of give you guidance so this goes back to knowing your woman and then secondly um just take it to the ring shop there's this guy one time he was like I'm not gonna get this ring wrong because I want you to wear it every day and he just took her to the shop they picked it out together and then she didn't see it again until it was paid for in time you could do that as well it's just a ring and honestly I like rings so when I get married I'm gonna want to be not only proud to show that I'm marrying to my man but also like the piece of jewelry that I have to wear every single day and if I don't like it I'm not gonna wear it so therefore <laughs> it's okay it's okay. I would be honest with my fiance and say, I don't like this, babe. I love you, but I don't like this ring. Let's get one that I'm proud to wear. And if I can't wear one because the one that I want is too expensive, fine. I'll know I'm married to you or whatever. If you like the tattoo idea, you can get tattoos. If you just want to wear like a simple diamond band just to still have something, that's fine as well. There are so many solutions to this. I don't think you guys should end over something as small as this it may be more of a red flag to some other deeper stuff that's just my opinion so I hope it works out for you and both of you do not make permanent both of you do not make permanent decisions out of temporary emotions okay do not make permanent decisions off of temporary emotions all right guys good luck to you second question I have is this person says I suspect my boyfriend is cheating on me. I've been following him around. I went through his phone and I track his location. Am I paranoid? And should I come clean since I haven't found proof yet? Whoa, 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 whoa. This is a lot. Um, You have reasons for suspecting that he cheat. Is this because of you believe all men cheat? Is this because you've been cheated on the past or is this because his actions have failed your insecurities? Not necessarily trying to immediately call you insecure, not trying to gaslight you in any way. But I think it's very easy for us as women to feel insecure because of different experiences that we've experienced with men in the way that they act and they behave. So do you only have this feeling like is your insecurity feeding this like questioning feeling or do you really have certain signs that's off but he's just good at covering his tracks I have no I have no idea because I don't have the details of you guys's relationship I will say when it gets to the point where you got to check through phones where you got to follow them around why point blank period why like, is that the life you want to live? Do you really want to be with a person where you have to go through their phone just to confirm the kind of person that they are? Nah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm, I don't want to be in a relationship where I feel the need to snoop through your phone. I don't want to be in a relationship where I feel the need to stalk your location. I don't want to be in a relationship where I feel the need to literally get in a car and follow you around. That is stalker tendencies. 
and BK is a judgment-free zone. So no judgment, but ma'am, that's stalker tendencies. And look at what this relationship is making you do as a person. These are red flags. So it's either something in you triggering that, I would figure that out. And then if it's a gut feeling and you really like, I just can't figure it out yet, just wait. All things will be revealed. There are certain things that I am so grateful that God did not reveal to me until it was time. Because had they been revealed any sooner, I would have had the maturity. I would have had completely different reactions. I probably would have been an emotional basket case and unsnapped. So therefore, let God reveal it in its time. If it's something that needs to be revealed. If not, it could just be more of a sign of inner work that you need to do to heal and that way you can be in a good relationship and not feel like you have to do these things but I would be more concerned on why in this relationship am I feeling the need to do these things because that's a bigger issue a bigger red flag I would think that's just my opinion right and should you come clean since you haven't found proof yet um do that at your own risk (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. Do it at your own risk. Depends on how much you love the person, how mature they are, and if they can handle that. But all I can say is do that on your own risk. I would it, I would say stop snooping. Let it be revealed to you. Stop snooping. But um, I don't know. Sometimes you just get those feelings and you would know better than me. I'm not your gut. Pray on it. If you believe in God, pray on it. He'll reveal it at the right time when you can handle it and where it won't cause more destruction in your life. All right. I hope that helped. Let's see. Third question. Every time my mother-in-law comes to visit, she oversteps. She rambles in the house and criticizes how I'm doing everything as a wife for her and her son wrong. Do I say something to her or my husband? Oh, um, ew, sorry. This is a sticky situation because y'all are family, but at the same time, that's still his mama first. And I don't know if your husband's a mama's boy or if he's not. But either way, my suggestion is talk to your husband first. Talk to him about how you feel. He may respond in in a respectful way or he may feel some type of way because it's his mom, you know. Be prepared. He is human. Also give him a chance to process his feelings because it can make him extremely uncomfortable for the woman that he married and wants to spend the rest of his life with to be uncomfortable with the woman who birthed him into this world and who helped raise him to be the man that he is. So tread lightly. Do not excuse the behavior or your feelings, but I would suggest talking to your husband first. If you can't find a solution there, I would actually suggest not only talking to him first, but talking to him more than once. That way it's not like I talked to my husband, he didn't do anything, and so now I'm going to go blah, 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 and create more problems. No. Talk to him more than once. Give him time to process his feelings because it's a lot, and it's also something new for everybody involved in new dynamics, and it's about learning each other and how learning each other's boundaries and how not to overstep those boundaries and also giving grace for when they do. But, you know, trying to remind them, like, this is my boundaries. Please don't do this. Talk to your husband first. Get him to talk to his mom. Give him time to process and figure out a proper way to talk to his mom where, again, it doesn't bring more drama. And if all of that fails, then you can finally try to have a nice, respectful conversation. And if it doesn't, Mickey has no idea, and please ask a professional therapist. I have no idea, okay? 
Last question we have for today is, let's see. My husband and I both want kids, but we can't agree on the number of kids we both want. He wants four and I only want two. Since I have to carry, should it my decision be the final one? Ooh, your body, your choice, ma'am. Your body, your choice. Let's start off with that. Definitely your body, your choice. But here's what I will say. Um, the good thing is that both of you are in agreement on the fact that you both want kids. So that's not a deal breaker. The amount of kids you want possibly isn't a deal breaker either. 98% of the time, the number of kids you want won't be a deal breaker. Um, start having these kids. You know, when you guys are ready, start having these kids and both of you might change your mind. Y'all might only want one after the first child or one will your husband may want less after you have more than one. And if you guys start having the kids and everybody still stuck to their guns, a compromise must be made um, in some form of fashion, maybe three three is in the middle of two and four and if you're absolutely like hell no like I'm the one carrying you guys don't want to adopt you guys don't want to do surrogacy or anything which both are really expensive they should be made cheaper um you can't freeze your eggs or something for later down the line to see if you change your mind and still have healthy younger eggs then final final decision after weighing out all the options and after seeing a perspective of change after having kids your body your choice ma'am I am in agreement <laughs> so all right guys I hope that that answered your questions if it didn't or if I didn't give the answer you're looking for sorry run that question past somebody else run it past your inner circle and remember check the source and check their intentions I hope I helped in some form of fashion Anyways, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of BK. I can't wait to see what we talk about next time. All right, guys. Bye.